Listening Dog Media. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. He's one of England's most capped international players. Seaman is the man here. He's one of the world's most decorated goalkeepers. And it was somehow kept out by Seaman. That is a fantastic save. This is Seaman Says with David Seaman. And Seaman, what a magnificent save. Here. Breathtaking. Like never before. Hello and welcome back to Seaman Says with me, David Seaman. Today we're joined by mega goal scorer, mega Duracell man, and mega, mega Arsenal legend, Mr. Ian Wright. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Siemens, legends of the game. Yes, right. 
I've got you on. I've got you on. Seaman says I'm well happy. <laughs> I've been gonna... meaning to come on, Goldie, for ages, but like oh, no. it's just ridiculous how things just like try to do it this time and something comes in. It's just fucking yeah. ridiculous. Now, you're Sorry. a busy man, mate. You're a very busy uh, yeah. man. Yeah. What have yeah, you been man, up to? Just you know the thing is, it's just that I finished. I just finished doing this um, this game show I'm doing on ITV. So that was really quite intense. Money's been won. Money's been lost. And then you're just doing the football, doing the women's football. Um, and then just up and down from Manchester doing the match of the day. Um, and then there's stuff that you do with it, the brand stuff. So it's just, you don't realise it. It just kind of runs away from you. You just, you fall from one thing to another thing to another thing. But I'd rather be busy. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm not, if I'm not busy, it's going to be problems for someone. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember all that. <laughs> I remember pre-season when, we, when you used to we used to be like absolutely shattered. <laughs> and you'd be as lively as anything. And we'd be like, hey, right, you shut the up. It's really weird. Because then I'd go then I'd go into the into the bedroom and literally crash. <laughs> like a child. What was say then? Yeah. <laughs> literally crash. Yeah. yeah. That's what I do. But like no, but that the preseason, I'd I'd look forward to it so much because as much as um you spend time with a family whether you're with England or not, you get the little time with the family. As soon as you're with the family, and I love, obviously, listen, I love the family, love being with yeah, them at the, the break, but as soon as you're with them for like a week, couple of weeks and that, you literally start thinking about the lads, well, I did, and being back with them. And then I used to like the preseason just to get, just trying to get fit, being with the guys, we're all back together, getting ready. For, it used to be the best part for me. So what I miss more than anything else is the, the camaraderie and the pre-seasons. Yeah, no, no, it was good fun. What I always ask, right? Who who do you actually support? In what in, in as, a, as like as a team? Yeah, Arsenal. And the thing with people don't understand it, and it's still like even with Crystal Palace fans. I love Palace. I love, and the thing is with, with Palace, I love the generation of Palace fans that knew me and knew what Palace meant to me. Um, and it's something that I try to clear up. But there's a generation of them that are not interested it's simply because I think I went on to have the success that I had at Arsenal never ever asked to leave Palace they sold me um, but they don't understand that my support for Arsenal started when David Rowcastle went there off of our estate when he went there for like 15, 16 yeah. and we all supported David Rowcastle from like um, early 80s um, and then obviously once he started breaking through um, you know we everybody on the estate supported Arsenal everyone so um, it, and then the first game I went to was Millwall because David actually supported Crystal Palace, you know, so it was really weird. Um, but the first team I saw was Millwall, so I've got an affinity with them, but obviously I don't support them. Yeah. Like, it was the first team I ever saw. I must have been nine the first time. <clears throat> and then I I must have been nine the first time. And then, you know, I started to go there from about 11 to 13, 14. But like, so I've got uh, that kind of affinity with them simply because it's the first place I ever saw a game. Obviously, I've got nothing but love for Palace, and people like Steve Parrish and those Palace fans that remembered me um, for the times, successful times, because if I'm going to be totally honest, when I got to Palace in 85, they went on an upward trajectory. So it was only success we had at Palace, if I'm going to be totally honest. Never asked to move. Um, loved Steve Koppel, obviously. Steve Koppel was amazing, gave me the opportunity to run nodes. And those Palace fans who supported me, but now they, I think they're just a little bit put out by the fact that I'm constantly on about Arsenal. And they know they know that I love Arsenal, and they they just they just get quite jealous about that. 
Yeah, that's weird because, like, obviously, I've, I've always been a Leeds fan. Yeah, and you know, and that that goes back to you know actually starting my career there, and then then I got released by him at nineteen. Yeah, and people say to me, they, they say, well, "What what about when you used to play against Leeds?" And I was like, "Yeah, I wanted to prove yeah. them wrong." Yeah, yeah, you do, <laughs> you do. And the thing is, is that what happened with me with um, with Palace fans because they someone daubed like Judas on my mum's house no when way. I left. Yeah, so we had to get that taken off. My mum was devastated, an elderly West Indian woman with a son being called Judas, and I didn't even didn't even ask to leave. Um, and so from then on, I made sure that, he, you know, I think even, we, even when we lost against Palace, I scored. I made sure I scored every single time I played against them. I bet you didn't celebrate much, did you? Well, to be honest, it was, yeah. I think I actually kissed the badge. I think that's what got them. I, I was desperate to do it. And I, and I think they blamed me. They blamed me for them going down because I think I scored a goal um, and Palace went down. I think they, they blamed me. So it was just, it's very easy to blame me at the time um, when Palace went down and I scored and that. And so it just kind of galvanised the, the haters because yeah. they saw me going on to do what we was doing at Arsenal. And so what I'd done at Arsenal, it was something that, like I say, to a certain generation, they, they just can't deal with it. And that's, that's their problem. It's not mine. I'm, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> what... Um... What's your favourite game for Arsenal? Um, favourite game, I think it might have been. Let me see the favourite game. This is the time. Which one was it? I would probably say the second. My favourite the second. The second game in the FA Cup final um, in the evening at, at, at Wembley against Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Um, because of the atmosphere and the, and the um, the atmosphere. And I'd, I'd say just the occasion, really. And yeah. we drew, the, we drew the on the on the Saturday, and we had to play them again. And it's just because the FA Cups the the world to me. I love it. I love it more than anything. And you know to play in it, and already lost against um, Man United for Palace in it. And it's the one medal that if I could have had one medal in my whole career, if I'm going to be totally honest, it would have been. If I didn't, it would have been winning the FA Cup for Palace in that time because we had a team that deserved something. Um, you know, we finished third when we came up in the in the in the first division the first time, but we couldn't get into Europe because of all the problems we had in Europe. So I I would have loved to have won the FA Cup um, with Palace just to cement that that my era there. Yeah. Um, so th that was that was that was a quite a big disappointment. But then to win it um, at Wembley and at score the old in, Wembley as well at the old Wembley, the proper Wembley. Um, <laughs> and score on the Saturday and then score again on the Thursday. My brother made a shitload of money because he put he for the first scorer, first goal scorer on the Saturday, first goal scorer on the on the Thursday. So he was happy. But like it was a night time at Wembley and then the, the crowd went crazy. And obviously Andy Linigan scored the, the dramatic winner right at the death. And it was just the, the occasion yeah. was everything I dreamt of when I was a kid. I remember um, so I remember the first game when you you scored in the first um first final. And, yeah. And and there's that picture of you like running running away and celebrating yeah. and and you know, yeah. you've got that like black vein like, you've, got, you've got, got like a black thing on you on your yeah. neck and your yeah. veins were like popped yeah. right out. Because it honestly goalie, I thought I was going to cry then. It's, <laughs> it's it's really because when I was running away my face was contorted with so much emotion. Um, and ecstasy that um, I was just, I, I was almost thinking, so I can't believe it. I was getting ready to cry. Then Ray, I think Ray Parler and John Jensen came over 
not sure. But like it was just a kind of a, a it's a relief yeah. because I think what people don't understand when you're playing in games, those big games like that, is um, and people expect you to score. Um, so you're thinking about, you know, making sure you don't miss the chance. And it was the kind of chance, especially the first game, where it came out. Dave took the free kick. Andy Linegan headed it across, and I headed it back across Chris Woods. And then the second game was more difficult simply because the ball went up to Alan Smith, and it's brilliant. Al, Al just flicked it inside, and I had to run from the halfway line. And yeah. so it was one of those things where you have to get that right because I think Carlton Palmer and um, the, the defender, the guy who's turned from a defender to a forward, scored a lot of goals from him. I can't remember his name. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. Remember yeah. the guy. Yeah. But like, they were chasing me, but I, I weren't thinking about it. All I was thinking about, oh my God, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm coming up against Chris Woods and, and I finished it. And it's only afterwards when I finished, I realised, wow, I was under pressure to finish that. But you don't think about that while you're doing it. And so to then get the FA Cup winner's medal was just, it meant the world to me because I went to Arsenal to win stuff and we're getting in finals. Yeah. And, you know, we won them. Well, that was Cup double year, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. We beat them in the League Cup as well, which was really cool. <laughs> you yeah. know, two cups. I'm not very welcome in Sheffield. <laughs> yeah, but it does, yeah, but it's good. It's good. It's good when you don't, you don't want to be like it's like Sheffield Wednesday fans. Even the lady works with me now, Laura. She's a massive Sheffield Wednesday fan. She mentions it all the time. She said, "Yeah, you got to get over that." <laughs> that was a pleasure. That was only. That wasn't even. That wasn't even business. That was pleasure. Yeah. Just, just bring in your two medals, mate, and show yeah. her. That's really... what I always say. You know, what I mean, it's like you, you meet fans now, and you know, they say, "Oh man, can't believe you scored goals again." And I said, "Listen." People think, you know, you're playing professionally and they said, yeah, we know it was your job and you know, just like, I said, no, no, no. I enjoyed scoring against you. Yeah. It was pleasure. It wasn't business. I love the fact that you could see people sitting in their seats still at the end of games when they've just lost and you've just gone to see your away fans and then you walk down the side, especially somewhere like Tottenham and you can see them giving you stick and you can see kids really sad and parents <laughs> to their dads and that like, and then you look over Brutal. at them and, yeah, and then you look over at them and they're like, and then the dads try to give you a stick and you just laugh at them. <laughs> like, that time you miss you you miss that kind of stuff. I love it. Yeah. You know, I loved I loved when we were away from home and like you know you score and then you score again. So they start leaving and like you, you go and get the ball for a throw on and then they, they give you a stick and you say and you, you just turn around to them and you guys you not still here? What are you still doing? This game? <laughs> <laughs> and then they jump up, going they go ah, ah. Yeah. and then you go what are you still doing here? This is over. This game's over. You know, um, wow. you know. So it was th those things. If I'm being totally honest, uh, goalie is what I miss more. Anything. That's why I love watching someone like like Jamie Vardy gives them. He gives yeah, fans. Gives he gives some pure shit hassle. <laughs> and it's really good to see because not a lot of people are doing stuff like that now. Everybody's too nice. It's too PC, the game. <laughs> right, I'm going to put you on the spot here, right? Go on then. You've got one choice. Mm. Burkamp or Henri? Burkamp for me. Yeah, I knew you'd say You know, that. it's not, it's, it's not, it's not, it's unfortunate. I left the year, I think Thierry came the year when I left. So it was one of those where Arsene, um, Arsene had Nicholas ready to go and then he brought Thierry in. So my time was short anyway. I didn't get to play with Thierry, unfortunately, because that would have been amazing. Um, but like playing with Dennis took, took everything somewhere else for me. Um, yeah. we, went, we went through those fallow years. And then when Arsene came, you know what I mean? We went through those years where we were cup team. We were, you know, obviously the cup winners cup, which was really brilliant at the time. You get into them kind of um, finals and that. Um, but we weren't nowhere near the league. 
and when Dennis came and when Patrick came and when Platy came, you know what I mean, Overmars, Manny Petit, then you look at the team at pre-season and you think, yeah, this team's ready to go. And yeah. Dennis took our, our levels to another place when he got there. He's in training, everything, what he done, shared rooms with him. He was um, professional all the, like every single minute of the day. So it was, it's very easy to say Dennis, you know, it's easy Tell to say Dennis. Tell us about the, the way that you met him when you realised that he was coming to the club. Oh my gosh, the petrol station. It was really strange, Goldie, because <laughs> I, um, I, Dennis obviously went to sign and at the time, obviously, we didn't know he, he wasn't a flyer. I mean, we just heard it, yeah. that he, 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 non-flying Dutchman, they called him. And I remember I was coming back, I can't remember where I was coming back from, but I was at Clackett Lane um, service station on the M25 and like there was a big like, seven series BMW parked on the wrong side of the um, the wrong side of the pump. So I was like, when I came in, you, you kind of noticed it. And so, you know what I mean? Came in, I think I went in. Oh. Oh. Oh, hold on, hold on. Hang on, Ray. Your volume's gone. That's no. Is it a cable that's come loose or something? Is it a cable? There we go. Cable come loose. Right? There we go. There you go. Yeah, Am yeah, I yeah. back? Yeah, there it is. Look, my yeah. You were just talking about where you, you where you were parking. <laughs> yeah. So so I come into the petrol so I come into the petrol station and there's a seven series BMW, and it's parked on the wrong side of the pump. So they've so I've kind of got in front of it, and as I got in front of it, it's kind of looked looked in the petrol station, and Dennis Burkamp was walking out of the petrol station, <laughs> and I came out of the car and I screamed. Um, I was like, oh my God, Dennis. <laughs> and I, then he obviously said, hey, Ian, how are you? And he said, oh my God, I said, you know me. <laughs> and, then, um, and, then, <laughs> and then we kind of went through phase of, oh my God. So I said, so it's done, you signed? He said, yeah, yeah, I just signed it. I'm sorry, he's missing, went in, in the car, saw Enrieta, Enrieta yeah. and that, and you know what I mean? Obviously we're all very close now. So I saw Enrieta, gave her a hug and everything. I was so excited, it was like, what it was, it, it literally that changed my life really, because knowing that I'm going into that um, that preseason with Dennis, I think we went to Norway that year as well, Goldie. Yeah. I think we went to Norway. I think it's, I don't think was that the year I done the bungee jump. I don't, I don't oh. know if that was the year. <laughs> That's another that story. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that might have been the year. I'd, no, because Anders was still there when I done the bungee jump, so yeah. that couldn't have been it. But like we were going to Norway, but when I left that petrol station, my my um, demeanor totally changed because I know now that we've got somebody who's serious. There's a serious footballer, seven million he cost, has come to the club, and that's yeah. only going to benefit me. Yeah. So it was, it was, it's really honestly, I was so excited. I couldn't wait. It was like going to your your first big school, like the first year in big school. It was to, to go and play with him, and he didn't disappoint. To be honest, yeah, no, he was he was special, you know. But yeah. I, yeah, obviously, I've played with Thierry quite a yeah. bit, and I'm I'm on the Thierry side, you know, because mm. I just felt that he he affected the game in more areas. You know, yeah. he could pick the ball up outside the box and just you know yeah. go all, the whole length of the pitch and that. Um, you know, and you know what? Him. When you watched him, when you watched him, goalie, he he literally he could have five minutes in a game. And the thing with Thierry, he was very consistent. He wasn't somebody that oh Thierry's not playing well today. He, he, he always played well and he'd have a five minute spell in the game where he does stuff that you just think that's that's orgasmic stuff and he's he's somebody that could for me is easily in the running for the, one of the best players that's ever played yeah. in the Premier League 
Yeah, definitely. And and when when I used to watch him, I used to like I used to like hope that the defenders would like kick him or something because as soon as you wound him up, that was it. It was like good night. Yeah, <laughs> he's like gonna get Tottenham, you. He's gonna do like when you. The to- when the Tottenham fans, when they when somebody told me, I remember Thierry tells a story about when the Tottenham fan when they said, "Listen, if if you win today, when we won the league, there, if you win today, no celebrating, simply because you know the trouble it could cause and the fight." And like Terry said, yeah, that's fine. And that, and then when they scored, they went absolutely loopy. They went crazy. So Terry kind of said, oh, okay, you celebrate, okay. And then he said, right, then that's it. We will celebrate. And he's right, he was right. And I really like that. I really love that fact because yeah. I don't think people realise how dangerous that situation would have been or could have been, you know, because you're going to win the league at White Hart Lane. That's oh. something that the Tottenham fans... You know, that's just, it's not the first time neither, you know what I mean? We've done, we've done it there before in the 70s. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? So th- that's something that they've got to live with. So that could have been really quite volatile. So for them to, wi- so they wound Thierry up. They should have told the Tottenham fans, listen, if we score, Tottenham players, if we score, let's just hold it down. So, yeah. so as we don't, let's not upset them. <laughs> How's the golf? To be honest, Goldie, um, I'm putting pretty poorly at the minute. No. I've got, yeah, I'm putting really badly. I went to the Grove the other day. And as well as I was doing, hit, actually hitting the ball, my man Tony's got me going out and up. You know, I get on the green and I haven't got yips or anything. I'm just like, it's just fucking going off in my hand. It's, <laughs> I've I heard just that like a few I'm hitting times. it. Like, I'm hitting it like, you know, I, I'll be like eight feet off and I can hit it another eight feet past. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what's going on? What's happened? You know what I mean? So I'm gonna. It's funny because I'm gonna play with Tony tomorrow because it's the only thing now in my life that upsets me to the point where, like when we used to play, you know, it, it affect me for three or four days because then you need the, the next game to come quickly. Especially yeah. if you played poorly, you want the next game to come quickly so you could score that goal or you could play well so as you can forget what's happening. And with golf, you'll do that. Then you'll hit a brilliant shot and then you go on the putting green and miss, miss like a four footer. <laughs> and like, you have, and that's what you're thinking about when you finish, when you're driving home. And it bothers me for a few days. I literally have to phone my wife up during to Nancy to to, to say because she says if you're going to go and start getting angry, then you could have stayed with us. Could have stayed with us. And I said, okay, not that I don't want to stay with you, but like, I'd, if you're going to go to golf, and what it made me realise, if I'm going to go to golf, then I've got to enjoy it. Otherwise, it could have been time I spent with a family. So now I don't get as angry about it, but it does still play on my mind for a while. When I, when I play poor golf. That's that's why I started fishing, you know. Because I'd, I would walk off the golf course more mm. frustrated than I'd walked on it. Because I'd yeah. played shit. And then yeah. I was like, that's defeating the object. I'm trying to relax here. <laughs> so then yeah, I started the with, with fishing and yeah. then that, that yeah. was it. You know, it's, but that's the thing, Goldie. I've never I've never done fishing with you. I love watching your, the, the fish you catch in that, but I just can't see myself fishing. <laughs> You know no, what I mean? Especially I like t- trying to back in the day telling my midsis, yeah, I'm going you're going mid I'm going midnight fishing. She say, Yeah, fucking right. You are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Midnight fishing. Yeah. I, you know I, I had mean? to say and, I had to say that I had to I had to say that a few other lads were with me actually. <laughs> go midnight fishing. Yeah. But if it, I, I it's something that I've done. I, can't, I just can't <clears throat> excuse me. It's just something my folk, I just, my concentration goalie. I can't do it if I'm, if I'm not catching something within the first five minutes. That's it. Let's. Where I'm off. I'm off. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine you being there long. You know, 
No. I can't, but people can't imagine Gaza like when I used to go with him. But, well, you know, to be yeah, fair, I, he's... Yeah. He needed it though, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, he did. He's a very good fisherman. He's like all you right, both actually. Are. Yeah. But he, because you know what Gaza's like, he, yeah. he, he cast his fly out and it'll be in the water like five seconds. Yeah. And it, right, that's rubbish. <laughs> Change it. <laughs> I swear to you, he would spend more time tying his flies on than he actually would be fishing. <laughs> than he fishing. Yeah. And if I'm going to fish, I'd probably want to fish with you, yourself and Gaza because that's two extremes in respect of characters. But Gaza. <laughs> Um, fil- filming, like fishing with Gaza would probably be really funny. Yeah. It'd really be funny. So that's something, but it's, ne- it's something that when we were younger, we didn't get the opportunity to do. Obviously where you grew up, where Gaza grew up, there's there's opportunities to go somewhere and go fishing and that. But where where we grew up, there weren't there weren't too many like <laughs> fishing places for us to, go, no. um, to fish. But like, there were some people who'd go, they'd go away with their with their families and they'd go fishing. But like it was something that I never got the opportunity to actually do. Um, so, but if I did do it, I'd want to be, I'd want to have those things on goalie where it comes all up to your chest and you're actually in the water. Uh, the waders. That's quite. Yeah. Yeah. That seems yeah. really strange. I remember. I remember you saying that one, saying something about if we're going, I want to wear all the gear, every single thing. <laughs> yeah. Everything. <laughs> I want the, the ones because I saw somebody in there they're actually in the water and the, the way so that the water's yeah. up to like there or wherever it is but they, they've got rubber stuff what's up to here <laughs> yeah. and you could just walk in the water if i fell over though it'd be i'll be oh, oh no good night <laughs> could you fall over can you fall over in that yeah it's, yeah, can the current can. push you over? Well, yeah, I wouldn't do it, that then. You can slip and then it unbalances oh, you and then you're off. <laughs> oh mate, I'd hate to do that. But I've, I've watched that and I said, wow, I wouldn't mind doing that. But other than that, no, goalie, fishing's yeah. not for me. <laughs> so what, have you been watching? Well, of course you've been watching the league. What's what's your prediction for? Well, I tell you what, um, you know, so, I, I, so I fancied... Four. I, I fancied um, at the start of the season, I said Chelsea. Yeah. Um, and I still fancy Chelsea, although they've got injuries now to to Lukaku and Werner. As much as people say, yeah, Werner's injuries don't score enough, but the fact is that Werner gives Chelsea so much and then Lukaku scores the goals. But I, I still fancy Chelsea, but Liverpool um, are now getting themselves into a run of form that you're going to find very difficult yeah. for them. Now They'll just slip back into what they've done when they dominated. City, it's going to be City and Liverpool and Chelsea for me. Yeah. Um, and I'm not sure. I like that with the with the fourth. It's gonna be. I'm probably gonna go now. I'd still feel like it's out of Liverpool, Chelsea, City, and then I don't know who's gonna be finishing fourth at the minute. I'd love West Ham to stay there. Yeah, well, I'd Callum, love West Ham to stay there. A bit, he's a bit sensitive at the moment because he's Man United fan. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> but the thing is, is that um, we saw what happened with Man United the other day, um, yeah. and. As much as you know, as I said a year ago that I'm, I'm just, I'm just finding it very difficult to see what the um, what the tactics are, because I, was, I, was, I speak to somebody, even on the podcast, my own podcast, Goldie, where I was saying with George Graham when I first got there, we done so much work on pressing and defending from the front yeah. that that is not something you can do in a, in a few days or stuff like that. That is something you have to work on continually. That's why. To the point where I was thinking, Jesus Christ, I've come to Arsenal, all I'm doing is defending. And it, it was a thing where it was muscle memory then. Yeah. Because when you watch a Man United, or you watch a team that do press well, you see, well, they're putting the work in. When you watch a team that's not 
pressing well, you can see, well, they're not working on it. And it's blatantly obvious to see. And this is why all pundits can see that it's very easy to, to break through them because they're going in ones. They're yeah. going in ones and then the other person say, oh, shit, I better go. By the time he got, it's too late. Yeah, just get past through him, doesn't it? Yeah, pass through him. And this is why the first goal um, against, uh, against Liverpool is exactly that. So you've got, I think um, Ronaldo might have went. Greenwood half went to, to cut off Robertson down the line. Then, or, or somebody. Then Wan-Bissaka's like, oh, I better go in. Yeah. He was too late. And then what's, what's happened with McTominay is that McTominay's inside and he's kind of come over too far. So they passed straight past him. Mo Salah's literally got a one-on-one with, with Luke Shaw. Yeah. And then Naby Keita, who hasn't been tracked, um, comes in and scores the goal. And when you look at it, like, you think to yourself, no way are you meant to go through a team that easy. It was yeah. so easy simply because they're not working on closing down. And you cannot go into a game and say, we are going to go on the front foot against Liverpool. With no yeah, exactly. structure, yeah. with no structure, Goldie. So yeah. this is what I said on Match of the Day. And if you're going to do that, Liverpool don't even have to play well to beat you. Yeah. Because they just do their normal stuff, which they do, which is close down from the front, stop you playing, close that, close you down, get bodies back. Like the two pit, the pivot what they had, which was Naby Keita and Enderson, were so tight to the defence that they were blocking stuff and then they were straight, straight into Man United when they won it. So... There's a lot of work to be done at Man United. And it's the same as what happened with, with Chelsea, with Frank. Yeah. Frank took them to a certain place um, in respects of them not having no monies to, to sign people that had the embargo. So a top manager's thinking, I don't want Chelsea. If I can go to Chelsea and I can't buy players. So Frank took the, he bridged that gap. And I think that Oli bridged it to a certain point. And now what we're seeing is, you know, we're seeing like now where he has to impress upon his team, and then you've got a challenge. Guardiola, Tuchel, and Klopp. Yeah. And sometimes you just, you just have to... Is Oli the man for the job? Yeah, but the thing about it is, Oli has got the job, and that's it. So, and that's yeah. as, long as, as long as Man United... As long as Man United think... Then if he's, that's all that matters is Man United think he's, he's the man for the job. The fact is, is that he's got to do more... He's got to do more stuff in respect of them winning games by impressing themselves upon the opposition. Because yeah. you talk you know, about the style and you talk about, you know, they're, they're not pressing as a team. But is there a weakness in the park somewhere? Because for me, looking at it, it's probably McTominay. And certain, to a certain extent, Fred, McTominay sort of sits quite deep. And his role as, as a youngster was further up the pitch. Yeah. And he's McTom- not... McTominay's a box-to-box player. And he's... You, you, the thing is, is that... But he I seems said, to be better going forward than he is coming yeah, back and defending. Yeah, but then... Then it comes down to the manager to get the best out of McTominay, like he should be getting the best out of the best assister in the Premier League at the moment with Pogba. I don't ma- It wouldn't have mattered who you had in the midfield against Liverpool with the way you were playing, the way that was the team was set up to to go on the front foot against Liverpool. Because if you do that against Liverpool and you're not structured, they're going to do exactly what they've done. So it wouldn't make no difference if McTominay was was a box to box player and he was going forward doing what he's doing because they're so open um, at the back and they haven't got that specialist player to play that position it's, it, and, and they're, not, they're not working on closing down. So I don't know how Man United were going to beat Li- Liverpool. And, I don't, and you've got Man City coming soon who pass you to death. But mm. pass it, so Man United, for me, are a, they're a counter-attacking team. And if that means they have to stay um, on the back foot at home and stay deep and then beat people on the counter-attack, that's what they should be trying to do. 
But that's that's, that's it. Where it's, it's getting, that's where it's getting, the best, getting the best out yeah. of your team or your squad, like what exactly. you said with, with George Graham. Pe- exactly. That's what we did. Yeah. You know, you look at it, you know, Rashford, great pace. Greenwood, unbelievable. Ronaldo will yeah. score. So if that's the case and you're a, a, a counter-attacking side, then maybe a counter-attacking style is, is, is better for Man United at the minute. Yeah. No, totally agree. Um, I just want to ask you sort of more of a behind-the-scenes things on Match of the Day because I think that's really fascinating. Because obviously, yeah. as a pundit there, like, what's what's your day like with that? When you when you uh, you know you, you you break down the matches of of, of the well, Saturday the Sunday, yeah, uh, and, and you're talking to the show producers. How much yeah. is that? Is is you or Shearer? Or how much are you picking the the, the, the bits that you want to? Absolutely, do? we have to, yeah, because. When you see us at Match of the Day and you see lines and you see this and that, what happens is, is that the researchers and the guys in there, brilliant, they're magnificent. Them, the guys at ITV, the guys at the Premier League, they're, we're talking about proper experts. So when you're talking to them, we, you, you talk to them and say, listen, I, I saw what they'd done there. Like if you was going to do the Man United, break that down mm. and the closing down, you'd say to them, listen, um, can you put a line on how... Ronaldo went in, how Greenwood didn't go across, and then you speak, and then they say, "What about this one over there?" And then you then you talk it through, and that's oh, what okay. me and Shearer do. Dialogue with them. Yeah, so you? it's dialogue with them. It's dialogue with Alan Shearer. So out, so we'll have to be watching one telly there, one telly there, whichever you're doing, and then I might see something on Al's and say, "Oh my gosh, Al's, did, did you see that? What they done?" So then you say, at forty, um, like fifteen twenty-seven, bam, you log that number, and then you go and you you tell them about that, and then the same with like me and Michael the other day. He said, Michael, did you see that bit? And then he says, yeah, did you see that bit of defending? So me and Al will say, did you see that bit of striking stuff? Did you see what the midfielder should have done there? He should have went across. And, and so then all through the day, depending, because it's a long day. Yeah, um, I was going to say, when, when, do you, when do you rock up and, and you get when, there, when does you, that day you get start there for, something like that? Well, you get there, depending on the early game, um, you know, you, you, have to, you have to be at, at, at the studios by half 11, quarter to 12, and then, and then you're there till 12 at night. And people no say, well, you're watching, Ooh. which is not... It's not a bad thing, honestly. It's amazing. Yeah, but it's I mean, enjoyable. because I have such a laugh. You have a laugh with Shearer. Have a, honestly, you have a laugh with Lineker. It's so funny. You know, Mike, it's, it's really funny with the guys when you get in there. And then all you're hoping for is, is a good game. Like, obviously, Sunday, we've got so much to talk about to the point where it was almost like, oh, my God, where do you start? And that's when it's really great fun because you get to do some, everybody, me, Micah, the researchers, the guys behind the scenes, we get to really dissect something and give people proper insight on why that's happening. And so it's behind us. And then there's a lot of, there's a lot of banter and a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes, which is <laughs> really good because we're in this little room and it's just fun. It's really good fun. And you're, you, yeah, you can't fake that sort of chemistry, can you? No, and that's why sometimes, especially when you get on, it kind of runs over into the show because we've been having certain things that's been happening every day and you kind of bring it into the show. But like, you know, it's, it's something that it meant, it, meant, it meant the world to me to, to like be a guest on it and, and now to be a pundit on it because it's the thing I watched more when I was a kid. It's, like, it's got heritage in itself, the yeah. programme. And so you know? to be part of it, it's, 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 honestly, I love it. It's amazing. And, and also, is is there is there a bias towards putting the bigger teams on first purely because they have a bigger fan base? W- is that fair to say? No, or is it's it not just fair based on how good the football match is? No, it's not. No, that's not fair to say at all. That's, that's a horrible thing to say. In no? fact, because yeah, because what happens is, hey, look, is I'm that, a Saints fan and we're always yeah. on last. So well, it's, the thing it's about fine. it is, well, it, it all comes down to who the the, the best game, the best it is game, just down to the game. It literally comes down to the best game. 
And that's why we have yeah. such a laugh when, when, when it's time to choose it. I don't know why. That's all of a sudden that's happened where he, he says what team's coming on first. But in the main, Liverpool, Man City and Man United, you know, if they're winning, they probably, they're up the ladder more. But if you get Leicester and, Leicester and a, a Burnley and it's a brilliant game, you know, f goals, goals, yeah. will, goals will lead on match of the day. They'll put you up the pecking order. Happen. Goals will lead. So if you're scoring goals, you'll probably be on further up the pecking order. <laughs> now, a, a unbelievable nil-nil draw is never going to be <laughs> in front of any kind of goals. <laughs> <laughs> never going to happen. We'd have never got on us, would we? One yeah. nil to the one nil. It would be yeah, like last every time. Yeah, but I'd be happy with that because at least I'd have scored the goal. So I don't care. Yeah. And then... And then are they giving it one of them, righty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With a trophy. <laughs> Can I just ask one more question? I'm just, obviously, being a um, like massive goal scorer yourself, I'm just interested to get your opinion on the current goal scorers in the league and who you think, uh, who do you think is top dog? Top do Mo, Mo Salah's mm -hmm. a top dog. Um, I'm always going to love um, what Jamie Vardy does. Um, Harry, Kane would, Harry Kane will get his chances once they sort themselves out in respect of creation. But like for me at the moment, there's not you, you can't look further than Mo Salah. Mo yeah. Salah is the best player in the world at the moment for me. Even um, even when he miscontrols it, he still gets a great finish on so it. Doesn't quick. He? Yeah, he's back to that form. He's back to that form what he, when he first got here, where everything was he was touching was turning to gold. And at the moment, you, you saw what he'd done the other day. Like that, for me, Goldie, the second goal where he put it into the near post bit of um, David de Gea. Yeah, on the left foot. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's the kind of thing where I'm probably going across goal for that. Yeah, you know I'm probably going across goal, but he's in such scintillating form. When you watch it in slow motion, they show it behind the goal. He's literally squeezed that in the hardest yeah. part, hardest part of the finish. It's yeah. coming across him on his left foot. The natural thing to do is back where it's come from to the far post, and he's gone to the near post. Yeah. It's unbelievable finish. And you know what else I got to mention in that game? Jordan Henderson done a pass for his third goal with the outside yeah. of his right foot which was like it was sublime didn't yeah. get enough love nowhere near enough love and that is the that is a worry for anyone watching Liverpool because those players are now playing with ultimate confidence and that's got to be a worry to anyone yeah I think that the was it Salah's third goal where he, he, he took control yeah, remember Goldie he had one touch that you think goalie should have come yeah. but he just nipped in he's so quick he's so sharp that's what I mean he's like even like when it looks like he's over miscontrolled yeah, he's, he's still it, yeah. getting a little nick on it and finishing that was the it thing. yeah but goalie that was the thing what I always say to people what you say to me when you're running through the goalie you're waiting for I need him to have a bad touch because I'm this chick, it's, it's like we're playing yeah. chicken here he has to have a bad touch for me to go and close him down and that and even like I spoke about the um, the FA Cup with the one with Chris Woods yeah. when I ran from the half line I had a bad touch in that, but Chris Woods came and stopped. And it's the same thing what I think that David De Gea, he had that touch where he had to rush and then he dicked it over him. Yeah. That was David De, David De Gea's chance to yeah. go and smother him and he didn't do it. And you've got to do it with players like him because you, you've, got to, you've got to see the opportunity to go in and close down the angle and he didn't see it. Yeah. Brilliant. Nice mate, one. It's been amazing. Goldie, thanks so for having me on. on. Thanks for having me on. That's it. It's done. Yeah, I love it. Got the best. Man. No worries, man. Golly, I'll see you soon. I'll see you on the green. No, yes, you will. Four Hopefully, I'm putting better. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, Golly. Don't even put that in my ear. Jesus Christ. Right, I'll see you later. Take care, mate. See you later. This is a listening dog media production.
I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.